What is it more common? Blessing. Blessing. Epilogue. Epilogue. What is 2021? In simple, sure, slavery. It's your sign-off, or your, what is it called, at the end of a letter? Yeah, it is, but those two verses especially are basically a what? Exhortation. Yes. Prayer. A prayer. prayer. And this is really a prayer. This is what he's praying. It's got kind of a prayer wish. But that's really what he's doing. He's he's praying that God would do something for them. That's really what that involves. And uh, I I think it's always interesting to look at prayers in the Bible. We pray. Think about how our prayers compare with the prayers of the inspired writers. And uh, when you think about that, one of the things that jumps out at me in this prayer is how he addresses... God. How does he address God? God of peace. And not just that. He brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant. Yes. That's quite an address to God. And one of the things that I see consistently in uh, Bible writings is more attention given to the address to God. You know, we would typically say Father or God or Lord and just kind of leave it at that. That's not wrong. But what you see often is there's a good bit of thought even in the way God is addressed. Now the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord. You know, so he's thinking more about God. As he, as he has this wish for them, this prayer wish, he's not just thinking about God doing that. He's thinking about who God is and how he will be able to do that. If God brought up the shepherd of the sheep from the dead, then he certainly has the capability of doing what he's wanting to be done in verse 21. And what is he asking God to do in 21? Equip them... Equip them for what? Every good thing. Yeah. Equip them in every good thing to do as well. That is a very spiritually focused prayer. The goal is that God will have, give them the resources that they need to be able to do His will. To work, that God would work in us what is well pleasing in His sight. You see so much how dependent He sees His readers being on God to please Him and to accomplish His will. 
and he prays that God would do those things. Um, in this book, I think one of the dangers, one of the temptations for the Hebrews has been to please their neighbors, to fit in with their Jewish brethren. But the thing that he's wanting is that they would do what's pleasing in God's sight through Jesus Christ. And then he praises God, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm not sure if that praise ought to be understood of, of God or of Jesus. It fits either one, but it doesn't make a lot of difference. But that's his, basically his prayer for them, his final prayer, that God would equip them to do his will and to do what's pleasing in his sight. Um, good, good prayer on his part. Comments and thoughts on 2021. Is it odd that he says, now the God of peace equip you, instead of now may the God of peace equip you? I think that's just a translational thing. Okay. I bet you've got some translations that say, now may the God of peace. Uh, I think that's just okay. how we describe it in English. Because I kept looking for the verb. And... Yeah. Yeah, I think that's just, I think that's just, anybody got a translation that uses may or some verb there? Okay, what do you have? ESV. Okay, so, yeah. In 22, he says, but I urge you, brethren, bear with this word of exhortation, for I've written to you briefly. Now, I think he's asking them to take this right. You know, I want you to, you know, not be resentful, perhaps, of this word of exhortation. Um, that's what he's trying to do in this. That's what he sees this as being. We might have looked at a lot of this and seen this as being pretty heavy teaching. But really all of this was so he could exhort them to really uh, be firm in the Lord and hold fast to the Lord. The fact that the writer wrote this to exhort them, maybe makes a couple of verses in the book stand out more, like 3.13, where he tells them to encourage each other day after day. And 10.25, where he says, not forsaking our own assembling together is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. Basically, he's asked them to exhort each other. That's what he does. He's sort of giving the example by sending this word of exhortation of what they ought to be doing for each other. Um, it's also kind of interesting that he uh, speaks of writing to them briefly. I don't know, would you consider this to be a brief writing? You might think about a couple of verses about that too. Look at 9.5, where he started describing the tabernacle but at the end of 9.5, he says, but of these things we cannot now speak in detail. So he kind of abbreviated a little bit. Look at 11.32. And what more shall I say, for time would fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jeff, and all that. So you see a couple of points in which he sort of abbreviates what perhaps he would have liked to have elaborated on more. So from his perspective, he could have said a whole lot more. <laughs> this is a brief exhortation for him. And uh, seeing this as a word of exhortation should make us ask the question, have we, been, have we received the exhortation? You read the book of Hebrews, does this make any practical difference in your life? Because it really should. This is a word of exhortation primarily. He's giving the teaching he gives to lead to the exhortations for them to be faithful. 
comments or questions through 22. Well, what does he tell them about Timothy? He's been released. He's been released. Um, and uh, evidently he was on his way to see these brethren. And this writer uh, hopes to come with him and see them soon. How many other um, living Christians were mentioned by name in Hebrews besides Timothy? Yeah, you're right. There weren't any. This is the only name of, of uh, contemporary Christian mentioned in the book, um, interestingly. And then he says, greet all of your leaders and all the saints. Um, so, you know, he's sending a greeting to, to everyone there. Those from Italy greet you. Um, and I, I don't know exactly how that is. Um, you could take this two ways. When he says those of Italy greet you, what does that make you think in terms of where he is and where he's writing? Maybe he's in Italy, and so the peop- the fellow Italy people that are around him are sending it's greetings Italian. to them. Yeah. Uh, or, what else could it mean? He just came from there. Could be, he just came from there and they want to send greetings. What else could it mean? Yes. This is this is something I borrowed. It says it's possibly uh, a greeting from some Italians living outside Italy, sending their greetings home. That's a possibility too. Maybe he's writing to some Jewish Christians in Italy, and he knows some Italian Christians around him that are sending their greetings back home. That's another possibility. That there are a lot of people who think Hebrews may have been written to Rome or to Italy because of this idea. But it could go either way. It probably is either written to or from, you know, Rome. That, that's a pretty likely thing, I think, from that. There's something else that I think is worth uh, noting. We can note this in a ton of passages. It's just the interest in that Christians in the first century had in each other. You know, they were constantly sending greetings to each other and caring about each other. Paul, for example, would write about news of brethren in different places. And and you see that they sense that common bond and they really cared about each other. Sometimes we become very isolationist in our view. You know, it's me and my family and that's pretty good or maybe me and my congregation and that's pretty much all I care about. But what you see in the first century was strong bonds among brethren in various places. A great deal of eagerness and interest in the spread of the gospel in various places. A lot of times you'll read about rather reporting on the spread of the gospel in various places. Uh, the early Christians really cared about that, and they really uh, had more of a camaraderie almost internationally than maybe what we do. Certainly we ought to have that, and we ought to have a real zeal to see the gospel spread everywhere and to see brethren doing well in various places. That, that's, that's what we ought to think. All right, comments and questions on that or on anything here at the end of Hebrews 13. All right, well, that was a short class, wasn't it? Um, We'll move on to uh, 1 Timothy, believe it or not. So we have to do something here.